Ah, there we go, David. I forgot to tell the theme that you were back. (laughs) (laughs) It was asleep in the corner and we had to wake it up. Welcome back. Nice holiday? Yes, Phil, thank you very much. It was lovely to come back to this really cold weather. (laughs) (laughs) As you were saying, that even in the warm weather that we thought we were having last week when you got back from your sojourn in Mm. far north Queensland, it was you thought it was freezing. Just a bit cold, colder than what I've been used to, yes. But it was beautiful. You've got to reacclimatise just in time. For, I did. To, for, for summer to start yeah, here. So. exactly. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to have you back. Thank you, Phil, and good afternoon, everyone. Yep. Thank you very much to David Pondman for coming in. Yes, um, thank you, David. While uh, while David was with the other David. was <laughs> So many Davids. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was nice to see David Pondman again. But uh, welcome back. Nice to have you back yeah. in the show. I'm glad to be back. And, of course, the number to ring if you'd like to talk to David about anything at all that's happening in your garden, 49216216. Now is the time to ring, 49216216. Any nice gardens in, in Far North Queensland, oh, look, Phil, we Cairns has a, a different sort of garden to what we're used to down here. I mean, yeah. basically, we see a lot of gingers flowering up there, which, yep. of course, we don't grow down here, mm-hmm. through, particularly through the winter months. We can grow them during the summer, but certainly not during the winter months. Heliconias, which if people are familiar with those, they yep. are absolutely beautiful and everywhere. And look, this is in the middle of winter. They're still flowering <laughs> up there. It's just amazing. Yeah. But look, everything grows like a weed. I mean, you, you just break something off and stick it in and it starts growing again. So right. it's a sort of a different climate altogether, particularly, I mean, when we're looking at winter where they're getting 26 degrees during the mm. day, you mm. know, every day practically. It's just amazing because that's that's unheard of in our, in our winter down here. Yes, so yes. It's like well, if we get above 20 during it, the winter. It got close last week. Yeah, uh, it was actually nice. 24-ish, but yes. um, for a little while during the, the very middle but of the day. But our temperatures drop so dramatically during <laughs> night, that's the they problem, do. you see. Yes. Okay, well... We've um, we've got to struggle through the last week of uh, last month of, of winter yep. here, and and then we hit spring. Then we hit spring yep. with September, and uh, and we're off again through uh, another intensive gardening yes. season. Although there's still a lot of work to do, I imagine today. Well, I look, I know I I even since I've been back, I mean I've started doing bits and pieces and a little bit of pruning, tip pruning. But because with your major pruning, just leave that a little longer if you possibly can until we get into September, because that's generally a more safer month to prune things back very, very severely. Otherwise, if you prune them back too early, you don't get any growth, unfortunately, and that's why it looks a little bit harsh if you do it this, this early in the season. Right. But certainly as far as feeding goes, you can start feeding everything. I mean, I think there's a little bit of warmth around, so we can start feeding to get a little bit of growth um, being put onto things at this time of the year. Okay. And uh, as we said before, the number to ring is 49216216. And um, we think I think probably, David, we should get straight into the calls. I should just do something with the phone. We can go through the prize a little bit later on in oh, the program. Oh, no, go through the prize sure? while, while I fix the phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, the, the gift that I'm giving away today, of course, goes to one of our lucky callers right at the end of the program. Remember that right at the end of the program, I give this prize away. And it consists, first of all, of a dianthus. Now, dianthus can mean lots and lots of different types of plants, but it, they belong to the carnation family. But a lot of the dianthus are basically little shrubs that you pop in 
into the garden and they flower off and on all the way through the year. This one that I've got here today is called Unforgettable, which is quite a, quite a nice name, I think, for a plant. And it's actually a pink flowering um, dianthus with a little bit of white fleck through it. Got lots and lots of buds on it. Only grows up to approximately around about 60 centimetres in height by about 60 centimetres across. And it likes a good, sunny, well-drained spot in the garden. Mm-hmm. So it's a great little plant to pop in the garden. Lovely. And sometimes they look really good if they're mass planted as well, just not one, just plant a mass of them in the garden and they really do stand out. So that's our plan I'm giving away today, as well as that I'm giving away a box of the Fostrogen. This is the all-purpose plant food, which is a dissolve, it dissolves in water. So you can do this fortnightly over a lot of your plants and pot plants in the garden. As well as that, I'm giving away a container of the Sea Organic. Now, remembering, as I just said earlier, it's time to start feeding a lot of things. And this is a seaweed fertiliser, but this is a complete one, which, of course, will continue to fertilise over a period of six to eight weeks. As well as that, I do have a few sachets in the bag as well of some sea salt, I think, and some saturade, which I'm going to give away, as I said, right at the end of the program. Okie doke. And as David said, very aptly, you do have to be listening mm-hmm. at the end of the show. And also, David, of course, everyone goes in the draw to win um, to NURFM's gardening walkback, where yes. you come around to their place and give them some advice walking around their garden, actually there on the spot, you I, in person. Yes, and uh, right after the one o'clock news, you'll hear the winner of last month's um, right. uh, prize. So um, keep listening for that after one okay, o'clock. Okay, we've got to build the tension up we there, do. I think. We do. David. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Rightio. Um, are you ready to. I am ready and raring to go. Ready Phil? to go back to work after. Oh, you're looking very tanned and relaxed. But we're, <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll find out how long that lasts when <laughs> we take some calls. Uh, let's see, 18 minutes past 12 is the time. And we'll say hello to Diane from Mayfield. Hello, Diane. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you. That's good. I just got back from holidays too and I've been up the Dane Tree all last week. Oh, that's where I was. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't see you. No, nor I, nor I saw you, but I have no <laughs> idea what you look like. <laughs> but wasn't it beautiful? Oh, it was lovely. I'm just saying that we, we, we had better weather here than we had up there, really. Oh, okay. No, well, I had the opposite because I had the most beautiful day when I went up into the Dane trees. So. Oh, we had a little bit of rain, but, but it was lovely because, yes. you know, rainforests deserve a bit of rain. <laughs> they certainly do. <laughs> so what can I do for you today? Well, I'm just about to go over to my son's place and plant up a an old um, wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. So... I want to know what I can put into it at this time of the year. Now, when you say into it, do you mean things like seasonal things that you're just going to change the colour? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, we're just once again on the borderline of changing over to all our summer annuals. So if you can wait possibly another two or three weeks, we'll have a full range of summer annuals to put in. And one very good one that's often uh, good to put in wheelbarrows is petunias. You can really mass petunias. They look great. They'll flower for you all the way through the summer months. And there is a very good variety, which is called popcorn. And it flowers and flowers tremendously. It's the colour of popcorn. And it, as I said, it just flowers continuously all the way through the season. So that's a really good one to look out for. Beautiful, yes. All right. So first of all, before you do that, make make sure the wheelbarrow has a, a really good potting mixture in it because that's really good. Yes. So just add some good potting mixture and it's ready to go to pop your popcorn in. Need draining holes? Um... Well, if it doesn't have a drainage hole, it, it is wise to try and drill a couple of holes in the bottom of the wheelbarrow to let the water out because otherwise you're going to find a build-up of water and that will, of course, drown the root system of the petunias. And secondly, of course, 
it won't take long for the bottom to rust out of the wheelbarrow if it's a metal one. Right, yes, yes, yes. One of those old ones. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. And I just wanted to comment on the succulents this year. Have you found that, um, like, all my succulents are flowering? Ah uh, yes, I mean this is. I mean it's an unusual time of the year to get uh, um, succulents in flower because normally they're a summer flowering thing. So I think it's just because we've had that little bit of warm weather may have produced the flowers a little bit yeah, quicker this beautiful. year, aren't they? Yes, hmm. yes. Okay, thanks so much for that. All right, Diane. Thank okay. you. Bye bye. Thank you very much, Diane. Seems like everybody's been on holidays except me, David. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello now to Don from Merriweather. Hello, Don. Good afternoon, David. How was your holiday? Very nice. Thank you very much. I haven't been listening because I've been on the phone and uh, uh, I know that when you get to talk to the people on the other end, if they've got their radio on, it doesn't go over that's real right, well. That's right, yes. Thank you for that's that. That's very good, Don. <laughs> I've had mine turned off. So. Very good. Um, I have three questions for you, David. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, uh, is it, Okay to prune brewallias? No, not at this time of the year. Because with brewallias, remembering that little, little hint that I often give out is that whenever something flowers in early spring, they should always be left until they're finished flowering. So you should always leave your spring flowering things until after they're finished blooming. So you've got to let it bloom first, then give it a good haircut. Fair enough. Uh, I'm just taking notes as you talk. Mm -hmm. And... Hints for moving a lemon tree. Okay, well we're coming. I have a, I, I believe it's a Lisbon lemon. Okay, and it's, it, it's in a pot, and someone said to me, "You don't grow lemon trees in a pot." So I put it in a half wine cask, and uh, it's been producing lemons and everything. And I need the room where it's uh, where it's been located. So I'm going to uh, move it to. Uh, open ground. Okay. Well, look, Don, you should have no trouble whatsoever, particularly when you're moving a citrus tree out of a pot into the ground. Basically, you just need to prepare the ground, dig the ground over, add some really good compost to the ground, and then it should be fine to plant that tree directly into that hole, because it'll be different if you're actually moving it from the ground from one spot into another, but you're not going to disturb the root system terribly by taking it out of the pot. Settle it in, Water it in well and then just treat it with some sea salt by watering that around it three times. That's at 14-day intervals and that should kick it along ready for the beginning of the season. Okay. Uh, I've got that all in. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to dig a hole in the ground because it's very clay. So you're going to build the ground up above the soil level. That's Uh, a good idea. Now, the third question was agapanthus roots. Uh, I've had agapanthus in the ground for the last 30-odd years. Now, as you can imagine, uh, the root system in them is pretty extensive. Uh, is it How successful is it cutting them off, say, just about ground level and then chopping the root system up into small pieces without actually uh, getting a backhoe in to uh, dig them out? So, so now tell me, you're wanting to reuse these agapanthus? No, no, I've got hundreds of them. So I I don't want to, I just want the access to the ground where they're... uh, 
Okay. Currently well, it, it will be a fair job to actually try and dig them out because, as you say, the root system would be fairly extensive after that length of time. Yes. But I think just to do it gradually, yes, cut all the foliage off first so you're getting rid of all of that top area and yep. then just gradually dig them out. But as I said, it will be a fairly big job to do that. But they will certainly, you will certainly be able to dig the root system out successfully if you persevere with it. They're not likely to regenerate, are no, they? No, not if at all. Once you, once you dig the root system out, the, the, if there's a part of a root system left there, it won't reshoot from that root system. It will only reshoot if there's an actual bulb there for yep. the energy to produce once again. For sure. That's good then. Right. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I uh, came inside the house to make the phone call and I, I thought you would have been on a little bit earlier but anyway yeah, Never mind. you must have been still away I'm home. here right through to one thirty. yes I know I usually listen to you <laughs> in the car thanks Don okay thanks very much okay. David bye bye now bye nice to hear from you Don <clears throat> next on the line it's Jenny from Georgetown hello Jenny hello David how was your holiday excellent thank you want to oh, go wonderful. back wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Yes, now you've got the nice cold again. Yes, tell me about it. I've got a very quick one for you. Um, Diosma. I tried to find it in my Yates Garden book and couldn't find it at all anywhere. Uh, I presume it's probably got a botanical name and and that's why I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. But my question is, um, can I do... cuttings from a diosma? Well, look, you certainly can do cuttings from diosma. They're not the easiest things to grow from cuttings. That's the only thing. You generally take the tips of the diosma, that's the ones fairly close to the end of the foliage, and just take cuttings approximately around about four or five inches in length. As you can imagine, they are going to be very, very thin uh, because they've only, first of all, got a thin foliage as well. And then just get yourself some seed-raising mixture or propagation mixture. Take, Take a lot of them Jenny because you'll need a lot of them because you may take 20 cuttings and only one may even strike for you so in a six inch pot round six inch pot you could probably fit a good 20 or so cuttings just in that little pot and that's what you would need to do because you won't need a pot for every cutting at least a good 20 cuttings per pot because as I said you may only get one to strike that's how they're not easy not an easy thing to grow from cutting Okay then, well that's answered my question, I'll give it a go. I've Very got a neighbour who's got a beautiful diosma and it's really high and beautifully in flowers and I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a go. Mm, why not? Yep. Okay then, thank All you right. very much. Thanks Jenny. Bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you Jenny and uh, we go to Bonnells Bay next. Lines are free, I should just mention here, 49216216 if you've been trying to get through. Betty from Bonnells Bay on the line now, David. Hello, yes. Betty. Hello, David. I'm glad you had a good holiday. I did. Yeah, I'm heading there next month. Oh. <laughs> don't <laughs> oh. tease me. <laughs> I'm so envious of everybody. I don't know. Yes, David, look, I've got one problem. I have a just a small bit of garden and it never gets the sun and it's very moist, very wet. So what is, can I actually put in it? Well, look, certainly in a situation like that, you can try things like the clivias. They're the ones that come out during the, more or less around Christmas time in the orange little bell flowers. They are great because they do lap up the moisture very, very well. And, of course, you can make a very nice big clump of those. And you can buy them in various shades of orange and even as far through to the creams now, but they are a little more scarcer than just the plain orange one. Yeah. Um, 
besides that, just let me scatter through. I mean, look, certainly if you can try and build up the ground a little bit to create a little bit of extra... I have done that. Okay, and it's, it's still, still not very working. Moist. It's okay. very, very strong. You know, it's very good uh, soil. You're right. Yeah, very rich. All right. Well, I I think agapanth. Uh, sorry, the um, clivias would be the better thing to grow because I'm just trying to scan my brain for anything else. But um, hydrangeas probably would be another one that will, will take fairly moist areas as well. Hydrangeas. Yeah, yes. but it's only a small uh, area. It's okay. Not a big area. Actually, behind it, it has. Um, like a little hedge. Oh, okay. Well, I would go with the the clivias because they would be very pretty because they form a nice edging like agapanthus do, uh, very low maintenance, and as I said, they will take that moisture very well. Clivias. Yes. Oh, great. Thank you very much, David. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you very much, Betty. Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Um, let's um, go back to the calls if you're ready, David. I am. We've got uh, Margaret from Lambton on the line now. Hello, Margaret. Hello. How are you, David? Good, thank you. We, we have, a, uh, I think it's called a bush orchid. Yes. It's only a little, little tiny flower. Mm-hmm. And all the leaves are mildewed and right. mouldy looking. Okay. All right, we can get on top of that. I mean, it's probably just a little native orchid by the sounds of it. It uh, be. Yes. So all you really need to do, Margaret, is just get yourself a fungicide spray, and one very good one that's uh, quite readily used is called Mancazeb. And with the Mancazeb, all you'd need to do is just to mix that up according to directions and just give your little orchid a light spray. And then you'll probably need to just repeat that application just in 14 days' time. So you really need to try and do that soon because if you don't, that mildew will probably just cover the entire leaf and the leaves will all fall off on you, so you don't really want that to happen. Right, so it's magnet. Mancazeb is spelled M-A-N-C-O-Z-Z-E-B. Mm-hmm. All right. All right? Yeah, okay then. And that should get that under control for you, and it should go back into normal growth after you clear that um, that disease off it. Yeah, no, we're getting flowers on it. Well, that's good. It's struggling to try and probably produce the flowers, but it just needs you to clear that mildew so that it goes back into growth after it finishes blooming. So any nursery I'd get this at? Well, you should be able to, yes. But, of course, if you can't, you can always come to me. Right. <laughs> okay, then. All right. Righto, Dave. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you very, very much. Bye-bye Bye. now. Thank you very much, Margaret. There's a, um, I don't know whether it's just native orchids or all orchids, uh, orchid show coming up at the Wetlands Centre. Oh, okay. In uh, September sometime, okay. I think there is. If you give the uh, the nice people at the Hunter Wetlands Centre a, a, a call if you're interested in native orchids. Um, I think that's a, a, an annual event. It is, there, yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Yes. I remember going over there once and just the perfume oh, coming I from can remember that too. The, the area under the desk where yes. they were, under the uh, the deck where they were. It was just just gorgeous. Um, yeah, sometime in September, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that is. I mean, that's when a lot of things start to happen, and we see a lot of garden shows on around September. So yeah. it's a very exciting and a very very quick time of the year yep. for all of us. It all comes powering at you, doesn't it? Yeah, my native orchids just starting to flower. Mm-hmm. Quite exciting. Um, David, uh, Harry from Abermain's called to say it's raining up there. 
What? Raining in Abermaine. Wow. Um, which is what the Bureau is saying. Actually, um, showers um, starting to build up and moving towards the coast oh, in goodness. the evening. So uh, uh, thank you for that update uh, on what's happening up there in the Upper Hunter. Harry, we get a bit out of touch with those sort of things. Mm. Okay, we say hello now to Dawn from Charlestown. Hello, Dawn. We can't hear you, Dawn. Are you on? Got the phone up to your mouth there? Yes. Oh. oh, you're very, 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 very quiet. Sounds like you're over the other side of the room from the phone. <laughs> uh, we'll see what we can do, Dawn. What can we do for you? Um, I've got uh, some pretty rough soil that we just moved and built up a garden bed, and I put cardboard on top because um, I'm in my seventies and I don't like digging. To stop the weed growth. Now, someone's told me I have to put in something. Um, I'm an organic gardener mm-hmm. um, to get the nitrogen back into the soil. Okay. Well, that, look, that's easy to do. I mean, certainly all you need to do if you need to get nitrogen back into the ground is just add a good complete fertiliser because most of those fertilisers you'll find have a fair percentage of nitrogen in them. So even if you went to something organic like some blood and bone, that's still got a reasonable percentage of nitrogen in it. So you just need to feed that area with some blood and bone. That's, that's still in the keeping uh, with the organic side of, of that sort of thing. We'll just have to leave Dawn there, okay. I think, David. It's a little bit hard to uh, to hear her. So if you've got any other questions, Dawn, please do feel free to, to call us back. Um, but now we go to Francis from Cardiff. Hello, Francis. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I'm just wondering, we've got a lot of little stags that have self-sown themselves on our um, paper bark tree. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, is there any way that you can remove them to put them on a board or anything or just leave them as they are? Well, I would probably leave them until they get just a reasonable size because you've got to try and move them just with a very, very sharp implement uh, to to lift them from the bark, but then you've got to mount them onto something else. And uh, one of the best things, particularly when they're only very, very small, is just, you know, the the tea tree, uh, sorry, the tea tree, the um, uh, tree fern stumps and things where they're fairly moist. If you've got something like that, uh, that is excellent because they retain the moisture very well and you can mount it fairly easily onto something like that. All right, then. Thank you very much for that. The main, the main thing is, Francis, that you've got to keep them moist all the time and that's why they're probably growing well at the moment on this tree. Right. But as I said, leave them... I mean, certainly you can leave them as long as you possibly can till they get a reasonable size, even about a 20-cent piece size or 50 cents or whatever the case oh, yeah, may be, and then try and lift them. Yeah, well, the biggest one's about 10 centimetres. Okay, so. all right. Well, that, yeah. that's sounding as though it's good. You could leave them there for a, a little while longer until we get into the spring and then consider lifting them. All right, then. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Francis. David, a caller has uh, rung in and told Diane she's got diosma, and when they finish flowering, they drop seed and regenerate, and uh, she's got heaps Oh, okay. Yes, because with um, with the cuttings that uh, Jenny wanted to take, uh, so there might be some little seedlings underneath the main plant of the dios. Yeah, would yeah. would would be worth looking at. Yes. Yeah. Although they might be not the same as the parent plant. Plant. Am I right there with uh, with seedlings, or do diosma come diosma come true? Normally, comes true to form when it uh, when it produces the little seedlings underneath. So because there's right. not many variations in those, are not many hybrids, and okay. that's only when you'll get a variation if it's a hybrid. So right, if it's the old original diosma, which you still can get, 
the still mm. very tall pink or red ones, it will probably be true to form if they're little seedlings underneath. Okay. And you can dig those up yeah. carefully. Very quite, quite carefully, yeah. very carefully, so you don't damage the root system. And possibly a good idea in that case would be to put it into a little pot with some potting mixture and grow it for a little while to get right. it a bit more sta- established and then put it into the ground. Okay, so you, you wouldn't just transfer it straight into a hole sort of thing? No, I, no. I think you'd probably find that it may not transfer as <laughs> yeah. easily as you think. They would need to probably be settled first and get a little bit more growth before you put them into the garden. Excellent. Okay, um, Jody from Adamstown joins us now, David. Hello, Jody. Hello there. I'm attempting a small veggie garden for my son and we've successfully grown carrots, but I've planted peas and cauliflower now and something's eating them all. Okay. I can't... There's nothing obvious that I can see. What's my best form of defence for these things? So when you've planted these things, have you popped some snail bait around just in case it's snails or slugs? No. Probably would be still an idea because even though we're in wintertime, you still get snails and slugs which tend to eat things in a vegetable garden because they're nice and soft and they can munch into them very, very easily. So Mm. it would be wise to probably put a little bit of that around. If you've actually got them up and you can see foliage on them, well, then you can dust them just with a vegetable dust and that will keep all the other nasties away from them as well. Okay, that's probably a safer option with a small child as well. Dust to dust it probably is, but then you'd have to be also very careful that they don't actually touch that dust because it is a chemical, so you'd still have to be keep an eye on them. So it's something eating the cabbage leaves. Is that just dust them down as well? I certainly would dust the cabbage because more definite would be a caterpillar that's on them because they're the things that munch into the foliage and create all sorts of problems. Okay, and is that just called a vegetable dust? A vegetable dust, yes. You just need to go into a local garden centre and they will just ask for a vegetable dust. You're lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye now. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, it's nice to be called lovely, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's happened two or three times to me in my life. Has it, it, feel? it always feels good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, to Morissette now, and Bob's joining us. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I also have a lemon tree in a pot. Yes. It's a Eureka. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to get too big, and I'm just wondering, um, this is the first year, it's, it's flowering now quite profusely. Yep. When can I, uh, they keep on doing that all year, I want to know when I can uh, cut it back. All right. Well, with Eurekas, because they crop nearly 12 months of the year, generally the, the best time to give the Eurekas a prune is in very early spring. Now, in saying that, I know that a lot of citrus trees are in flower at the moment, but unfortunately you have to sacrifice some of that crop to actually prune your tree back because there's no way that you can prune it when there's no fruit or flowers on it because at any time during the year there's always some form of fruit or some flowers appearing on it. So spring is the only time, and now is a really good time to be thinking about doing that, giving it a prune back, and then it will just reshoot away again and it will reflower again to produce fruit later in the season so now would be a really good time bob to start thinking about doing that i shouldn't think about doing it half and half (laughs) well you can yes if you if you wanted to do that yes just leave some of the branches on with the um, the the flowers to produce fruit and of course then prune the others back and then once they're finished well perhaps the other ones have already got flowers on them then so that's a really good idea yes oh great thanks very much you're welcome bob bye for now 
Thank you indeed, Bob. Um, it's, it's always it's, tricky with citrus trees because, yeah. I mean, I know with most citrus trees, they're basically only just finished fruiting and then all of a sudden there's flowers on the tree. So exactly. it's always a problem to know when you've got to prune them back. But unfortunately, as I said, sometimes you just got to sacrifice sometimes just half a season of flowering <laughs> to, to prune your tree back. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? Yes. And uh, we'll say hello to Diane from Tumbiumbi. Hello, Diane. Oh, hello, David. Um, actually, I'm just ringing with a suggestion for the gentleman that wanted to dig up his agapanthus and dispose of them. Yes. I just thought, I, I hate to see plants thrown out or anything. I knew we'd have a call like this. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just thinking that if he um, put a, a, an ad in the gardening section of his local paper, you know, free agapanthus, come and dig them up sort of thing, I'm sure he'd get plenty of people who were prepared to do all the hard work for him. Yes. And they'd get plants and other gardeners would be happy and, you know, the plants would just live again. Well, I know for a fact, Diane, also, too, often you see when you go, when you're driving around, people just dig up agapanthus and put them out on their footpath and within no time, those agapanthus have disappeared because people are after agapanthus all the time. So perhaps I'm sure Don would be still listening that even if he does that, if he just digs the agapanthus up, pops them out on his footpath, I'm sure they'd be gone by the following day because people are quite happy just to take free agapanthus. I, I got most of my agapanthus from friends' gardens and, and Clivia's as well. Yes. And um, they they do so well and uh, they're so pretty, but they are rather expensive if you just Ooh, buy yes, them yes. individually. You're talking to a nurseryman. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but they are lovely. You've things. just put a thought in my head because I know of a friend of mine that's been wanting to get some agapanthus and that's just put a thought in my mind as well, so I might have a quiet chat to Don as well. Mm, and sort of the <laughs> kindness to all the other gardeners. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. I was, as you say, we don't like seeing things just uh, thrown to the dump when there's no need for it. Well, that's right. I know one of my neighbours actually did some pruning of a, well, very serious pruning of a frangipani, and some of it fell into our yard. And I looked at the poor little things and <laughs> had to go and pop them up. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they're so easy to propagate as well. So, That's right. good on you, Diane. Okay, thanks very much. I love listening to the program. Thank you, and thank you for your call. Okay. Okay, bye bye now. Thank you very much, Diane. Uh, Diane on the phone has um, said you can never have too many Dianes on this program <laughs> as we say hello now to Diane from Vasey. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Diane. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. That's I've good. had a flu, but never mind. Um, I want to know, we have jessamine out the front, which is lovely, and every time it rains it flowers and it's gorgeous, but uh, it's getting higher than the guttering mm -hmm. and i'm wanting to know when we can cut that we'll trim it back at least it's okay. getting lots of um you know kind of bare trunks at the bottom okay. and kind of everything's at all the right. top so i'm wondering if we can cut that back well you certainly can just first of all tell me is it the spring flowering jasmine or it's the one that flowers during the summertime or it's a, jess it's a jessamine Yes. And it, and it flowers whenever it rains. Oh, okay. So, and it's got a fairly finish, fine sort of foliage. It's not a, um, a, a leathery sort of leaf. Uh, um, yeah, it's, no, they're, they're large, they're large leaves. Right. They're, um, yeah, they're around, they're bright green. They're right, um, oh, I don't know, probably 20 cent pieces maybe. They're right. not huge leaves, 
But yeah, it's a jessam, I suppose. Well, then again, it might be a mock orange. Oh, okay then. All right then. So you're talking of the shrub, not the climber. Okay. No, no, it's a shrub. Okay. All right, that's fine. Now, certainly you can... It will have a spring flowering season, so it will flower in the springtime. um, And then you can prune it back as hard as you like. So take advantage of the spring flowers and then give it a good hard prune because then it'll also flower at the end of summertime as well. So after it's spring flowering, give it a good hard prune back and it'll shoot up really nice. So you can prune it back as hard as you like and it will shoot out from fairly low areas. Oh, okay. See, that's the trouble with these common names. Uh, I even myself get confused. When we put it in, we were told it was a mock orange, but the more times we looked at it, it... It kept flowering whenever the, whenever That's it rained. Right. It just kept flowering. Well, you get it. Get, you get it called mock orange. You get it called orange jasmine, and you've just called it jasmine again. Yes. So I mean, it's got so many different names. Yes. So. I was yes, thinking of the climber. No, it's a gorgeous thing, <laughs> but it's just too big. Yeah. Well, know? after it flowers, give it a good hard prune, Diane. That's okay. And I'm the lady who rang about the diosma. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Because Thank you for that. My, that's I've got. Di- oh, well, I had diosma when I put the full garden in. Yes. And we we have a lady down the road who who does it for the Red Cross. So I just dug them all up and gave them to her. She put them oh, in the excellent. pots and sold them. And we've got, just, I've got diosma coming at me. So <laughs> it's, um, but that's what we found. I didn't know whether it was because it was an old plant. Probably or, would be yes, because um, I know a lot of the new hybrids. It's probably one of the old-fashioned diosmas. Yeah, and I thought that might be why that they've they've they, they can't. I mean. Now they're starting to, I've lost the last, I think I might have lost, I've got one or two left, I think, of the originals, but okay. yeah, no, that's all right. No, look, we appreciate all of that feedback. That's really right. great. Okay. Thanks, Thank Diane. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Diane. Uh, five minutes to one. News coming up at one o'clock. And uh, we say hello now to Barry from Tea Gardens. Hello, Barry. Hello, David. Um, David, I've got a, um, an Exora in a pot been in the pot about five to six years, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden the leaf has gone quite yellow. Right. Um, and the flowers sort of disappeared. Um, and then the leaves started going brown. Okay. I've tried some potash in it. Yes. And there has been a little bit of greening, but that's about all. All right. Well, I think possibly because it's in a pot, and strangely enough, I had someone bring a sample of an Exora in yesterday to me at work, and exactly the same things were happening. Sometimes the burning has occurred through a delayed reaction, which may have been during the summertime, and you get a really, really bad affection of, uh, of dying on the foliage. Another time is because it's the soil in, in the pot that may become a little bit too sour for it, and that's why sometimes you'll get a lot of browning on the foliage as well. And that also does affect the flowers, by the way, because the flowers can probably just shrivel up on you through no reason whatsoever. So what I'm going to suggest to you is that you'd probably just give the pot itself, the soil in the pot, just a dusting of some dolomite or some lime, and that will actually sweeten the soil in the pot for you. Um, And that will, of course, in turn, put a little bit of greenness back into the foliage. But not only that, it's probably a good idea just to give it a a little bit of a good complete fertiliser at this time of the year, because we're coming up to that stage where we're going to be feeding everything to push it into our spring growth season. And of course, an exora is more of a tropical thing or subtropical thing, but in tea gardens, it's fairly warm anyway. Uh, so yes, so certainly just a complete fertiliser, a little bit of lime or dolomite around the pot. That should fix your problem, Barry. Yeah, fine. I'll, 
I was a little bit concerned about um, how much water... Perhaps we'd overwatered it or something. Mm-hmm. Well, look, this is a problem also with exorus, and particularly during the winter cold months, it's a bit of a problem. During the summertime, it wouldn't be as much of a problem, but during the winter, if it got a little bit cold and wet and it stayed wet for any long length of time, that will affect it in, in some way as well. But as I yeah. said, by using the dolomite or the lime, it's not going to affect the plant in any way. It's just going to work on the soil. Very good, yes. We've actually brought it from Tweeted, so it might be feeling a, a little <laughs> bit old. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we'll try that. All right. See how it goes. Thanks very much, Barry. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, plant would feel very much like you feel, David, mm. coming back from mm. uh, tropical climes. David, we've got just a couple of minutes before we need to go to the news. You had some questions there I do. That you were going I've to answer. I do. i a fax from Mary today again, just asking me a couple of questions. And one of those questions is, uh, it's not, it, it, is it too late to feed the water lilies? And no, it's not too late to feed your water lilies and water plants. You can certainly, Mary, go ahead and stick your tablet down into the pot of the water lilies or into the soil and that will start feeding your water lilies and your water plants for the beginning of the season. And the second question is, uh, what do I feed my dwarf mandarins, lemon trees, to keep them healthy? I'm reading without my glasses, Phil, so that's why it's a long way out from my... Would you like me to hold the piece of paper over here, David? Thank you. Uh, To produce the (laughs) fruit. So uh, certainly, particularly if these things are, first of all, if they're in pots, you would need to feed them with an organic fertiliser, something like some organic life, uh, and that will put all the nutrients back into the pot ready for them to go for the beginning of the season. But if they're planted in the ground, Mary, all you really need to do is get yourself some citrus fertiliser because that's one of the best things to feed your citrus with. It's got all the elements in it that's going to help uh, produce the flowers and go through until the fruiting stage. So a citrus fertiliser, and if you really want to be good to them, a dose of potash. Remembering that potash because remembering that's the flower and fruit producer, so you can give them a dose of that. Whether they are in pots or in the ground, you can still use the potash with ease, and that will certainly go a long way as well. Right. David Pullman actually mentioned a fair bit about potash um, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, right. um, So it's sounding like the sort of thing that you need to push things into flowering yeah. and fruiting and that yes. sort of thing. Yeah. Because a lot of the fertilisers don't have potash in them, so that's why we've got it added separately. Okay. And does it help with the, the flavour of the fruit? It certainly does. I mean, we often have callers come in and say about their sour fruit, potash is one thing that we can suggest to actually sweeten the fruit of a lot of your, ah. particularly your citrus trees. So. Excellent news. Okay. Mm. To Bill from Hamilton. Hello. Hello, David Peterson. How are you, Bill? Oh, not too bad. I've got some fruit trees and my pommy grandma's lost all its weight. The feet keeps on losing it. I've got, um, uh, what's that arbor tree um, you call, um, uh, uh, that uh, tree never loses its leaves. What do you call it? It's a... Uh, uh, not avocado, it's not that. It's, um, it's not a mango tree, is it? Say, say the fruit trees and I'll name it. It's citrus trees, are they? Just like your... citrus tree, no, it's a little, little like a little nut. Oh. Olive tree, that's right, olive. Oh, okay then, right. Okay, well now's the time to do all of that, Bill. So if you if you go and start to prune those, you should have them shooting out really nicely. And don't forget after you've pruned all those back, just give them a nice fertiliser and that will promote them on for you for the spring. So go ahead and give them all a nice prune now this time of the year, Bill. So time to get stuck into it there, Bill. Um, next on the line, David, it's Steve from Nordswolf. Hello, Steve. G'day, David. How are you? Good, thank you. 
Mate, I've got a mango tree and it's fairly close to the house and the other side of the tree is the clothesline and the, the tree itself's really healthy and growing well but it's it's going to get too big for where it is and I've read a couple of books that have said you shouldn't prune mangoes. Oh, well, I don't know where that comes from because, I mean, I've seen mangoes pruned quite severely and they all shoot back nicely so even as far as down as we go and might I say while we're on mangoes the mangoes that I saw up north they would you know Morton Bay figs how big they grow yep I saw mangoes that size. I could not believe it. It was just amazing. So, I mean, of course, ours won't get to that size down here. But, yeah, certainly, I mean, you can prune them. I mean, the time of the year to do them is early spring. But just in saying that, remembering that a lot of our mangoes are starting to come into fruit or in flower in springtime, so you'll be cutting off some of that fruiting wood as well. But if you need to do it, yes, spring is the time to do it. And, yes, you can prune them. So before it flowers or after it flowers or... Well, it doesn't really matter because regardless of when you're going to do it, you're going to get rid of those that fruiting area anyway. Yeah, so it's yeah. probably wise to do it before it starts to flower because yeah. that way you'll probably get a bigger crop on all the existing branches that you're leaving. No worries. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye All for right. now. Bye. Thank you very much, Steve. Um, let me see two more now and Diane is waiting on the line. Hello, Diane. Oh, hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, look, I have a Brunsfelsia. Yes. I've had it for probably well over two years, and it won't grow. It's, <laughs> it's about 40 centimetres high, and that's it. Right. Okay. Well, the only thing to do is when you've got a plant like that and it's been in a position for so many years, it's probably wise to change its position if you possibly can. So it's going to be a matter... I mean, look, now is an excellent time to think about doing this, particularly with Brunsfelsies, because the other name for them, of course, is Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow, which they have the three different coloured flowers on them. So it would be wise if you can just try and dig it up now at this time of the year. And if if you want to put it back into that spot, it would be wise then to just to mix some compost or something like that into the soil to really boost up the soil and then plant it back into that spot because it may be the case where the the ground is not too good for it the other thing is too when you do dig it up just check the root system just in case it it's it's in in a very compacted area it hasn't expanded out now if it hasn't expanded out diane it's probably an idea just to tease the root system slightly to force the root system out into that good soil that you're going to prepare again Oh, okay then. So a lady across the road had the same problem. Hers wouldn't grow either. Yes. And yet my next-door neighbour, she's got a couple of them, and they're beautiful. Mm. Now, well, I would certainly try and do that. Just dig it up very, very carefully. Just see what the root system's like, and then just mix some compost into that area and replant it back into the ground again. Oh, okay. I'll do that. All right. Yeah, just a quick one. Yes. Um, can you cut back pig face? You can certainly cut back pig face. And, of course, once again, pig face are a spring flowering thing. So remembering after they flower, that's the time to prune them. So you take advantage of all those flowers in spring and then give them a prune back. Oh, very good. Thank you very much for that. My pleasure, Diane. Bye-bye. 
Thank you very much, Diana. And uh, 49216216 is the number. Lines are free at the moment for those people who've been trying to get through. Uh, Phyllis from Adamstown is next, David. Hello, Phyllis. Oh, hello, David. Thank you very much for taking my call. And I just hope I'll be able to explain everything to you because I'm in a, uh, a bit of a mess here with the most beautiful lemon tree that I have. It's called a maya. I think that's how you pronounce it. It is, yes. Uh, and it's a dwarf. Mm. And I've... <clears throat> me i've had it for roughly um six to eight months and i've had it in a pot and um it flowered beautifully absolutely and got lemons on it and blah 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 and then i've lost everything and in the last two or three months nothing has grown on it um and I've got no lovely new shoots coming up, and I want to transplant it now into the garden. Now, I live in a villa, and I've got a small courtyard, and the spot that I've started to dig has got apparently um, some uh, rubbish of cement and things that the builders put in um, along the way, and I'm trying to clear it all to put this this beautiful lemon tree in, and it's the cement pieces large cement pieces that I'm finding if I can't get them all out because it's not real deep will it Killed the lemon tree. No, it won't, because, I mean, it oh. certainly wouldn't hurt to leave just the occasional piece of concrete oh, in great. there, as long as there's a reasonable area that you can dig down into. And look, certainly, Phyllis, if you need to add some more soil to that, you can certainly buy garden soil in some bags that you can add to the ground or some compost in bags that you wanted to boost up the soil with. And once oh. you've done that, look, you could certainly plant your little lemon tree into that spot as well, oh. making sure, of course, that that position ha- has at least half a day sun if oh, not no, no, more. No, no. It gets it gets full sun. Excellent. Right from the morning, right up now it's starting to rain here now. I don't oh, know about okay. that, Jules, babe. It's raining here in Adamstown now. Right. And it's just lightly rain and of course the sun is definitely going. But I where it's right near my um the brick wall, um, it's, and it's, it gets sun. Well, look, that, Phyllis, that's an excellent position. So I think I'd go ahead if I was you and right. try and get it into that spot. So. I've been using pest oil on it a little bit. Yes. Last Sunday, I used a cap full of pest oil and a cap full of um, seaweed oil. Oh, okay. Seaweed yep. um, emulsion or feed. Yes. And I put it in a nine-litre watering can, and I've put that all around the lemon tree. Right. As the pre- and also I bought at Bunnings um, Power Feed, <coughs> um, a, a diametic fertiliser and soil conditioner. Okay. Well, that look, that sounds excellent. You seem to be doing all the right things. All it needs to be you do now is to get that tree into the ground and it should shoot away nicely for you in the springtime. But what about the soil uh, to, to cover uh, to, to, uh, this big hole that I've dug yes. and it's got a clay, a bit of, not all a lot, right. but I'll, some clay in it. I was going to, I've got, um, I've got, uh, uh, I've got, um, What's it called? Is that manure? A horse, a cow manure, and I've got um, that fertilizer, um, dimatic. All right. With, now we'll use. If I pour all that and put a whole lot of stuff in the in the hole, and then the soil that's with the tree now in this lovely big pot, put all that soil and the tree in the big hole with all this fertilizer on the bottom. Well, now just wait and just plant your tree first, and then put your fertilizer on the top. Don't put it in the bottom of the hole Don't because you that's. No, no, no. Don't, you just use the soil that you're going to get out of the pot and then if you need to add more soil, just buy a bag of garden soil and then right. put the fertiliser on the top. Don't put it in the bottom of the hole because that right. can burn the root system. 
Oh, good. Oh, All right. So it's on the, it's to go on the top. On the top after you've planted. And well, then it's got no little nice green shoots coming. Well, no, we'll those. just be very, very patient there because we just need to get into the spring for some warm weather and then the shoots will certainly um, start to appear. So good luck with that, Phyllis. And that's where we have to leave that one, I'm afraid, because we do have a lot of people waiting on and uh, we've got uh, lots of calls to take between now and uh, 20 past one. Uh, half past one. It's twenty past one now. <laughs> so I was just thinking, David. So you 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 don't put fertilizer in the bottom of the Never hole. Never put fertilizer. It's a very old-fashioned way oh, of right. uh, yeah. planting. Mm-hmm. People often put fertilizer in the bottom. But the thing is, uh, if you if the plant starts to grow with all its new young roots, yep. and those roots go into the fertilizer, it burns the roots right. very very it's just easily. Too strong. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. you always plant your things into the garden first, then put your fertilizer over the top. Uh-huh. So it when you water, it gradually breaks that fertilizer. Fertilizer right. down and waters yeah. it down into the ground. Okie doke. Okay, David, on the line now we've got Norma from Valentine. Hello, Norma. Hello, David. I've got two questions. Do you mind? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, well, first, uh, Bindies have been coming up since July, and oh. last winter the same ha- happened, but I only had a small patch, so I got down and dug them all out individually. This winter, they're everywhere. They're right through the lawn. So, will I just spray it with a normal... Um, yep. This right. is, look, certainly we're coming up to the season. I mean, you yeah. can start to, to treat your lawns for bindi. Yeah. Re- just bearing in mind that it's still cool. And of course, yeah. once it's cool, the, the chemical takes much longer to work. Oh, right. It relies on the warmth and the sun to generate yeah. the chemical. So oh, certainly right. if you spray it now, just be a little bit patient on how long it's going to take for those bindis to die out. But certainly if you wanted to, Norma, you can actually get in and start spraying for bindis. Right. Well, I can't believe that I got everyone out last winter uh, before, you know, before they matured. And now it's just completely through. Well, well, I can believe it because they just are so fine, the seeds, that they can just blow in from anywhere. Oh, right. That's probably what's happened. Now, the other question I have, oh, look, I've got a mental block. Those beautiful flowers, uh, they're in the summer and they're more or less growing shade. They're old-fashioned, what do they call them, blue and pink, and you put... You put lime for the pink and... Hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't think of it. I had a mental block. <laughs> now, last summer, I had the most gorgeous array of, uh, of hydrangeas, and they even grew that big. They covered my walking path to my front door, so everybody had to walk on the lawn to come in, and I thought, oh, no, this can't occur. So I cut them back after they'd flowered the end of January. I cut them very hard, which I probably shouldn't have, but I had to to retrieve mm-hmm. my path. So what's happened, they came out beautiful, glossy green leaves. Now they're all going yellow, and I'm just wondering if I've injured the plant... Should I cut them back again? Uh, well, certainly at this time of the year, they shouldn't even be showing any signs of flowers because no. they normally don't show signs of flowers until much later in the season. So That's right. uh, certainly it wouldn't hurt just to trim all those flowers off and just let it reshoot again. No, so they're not flowers, they're the leaves. They're okay, all the leaves. Yellow. Yes, all right. There's no, no well, flowers yet. They're only all all coming through, like I got a lovely range of, of leaves, beautiful green glossy leaves, and I thought, oh, that's right. Okay. But now they're all dying underneath, and should I cut them back again? All right. Look, it certainly wouldn't hurt just to give them a light prune, but I think more than anything, you just need to get some fertiliser down into the ground, right. some nourishment to try and green that foliage back up again. Oh, I think they're lacking that yes. probably with all the rain we've had yep, through the that's winter. that's right. Rightio. All right. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Norma. Bye-bye. Bye, David. Thank you, Norma. 
Yeah, those bendies, they're a nuisance. <laughs> okay, uh, Margaret from Charlestown is with us now, David. Hello, Margaret. Oh, good afternoon. Um, I have a... I'll just turn the radio off while I'm talking. Thank I you. I have mm-hmm. a small um, hedge of gardenias, mm-hmm. um, six of them. Now, the f- first two... Um, are looking always lush and green, whereas the other four are always looking a bit sickly and yellowish. They get the same amount of feed, water, etc., except the two lush ones might get an hour's more sun than the other four. So is there anything I can do to build up those sickly-looking ones? Yes, there certainly is. Sometimes you'll find that the soil uh, in the garden tends to go sour in various spots of the garden, and sometimes that will cause the gardenias to go yellow. Now, because they're an acid-loving thing, we cannot use garden lime on them, but we can use a product called dolomite, which doesn't alter the pH terribly in the ground. So you can give them a light dusting on the soil, that is, of the dolomite, and that will just basically sweeten the soil, and that will probably in itself put a little bit more green back into the foliage for you. So dolomite, it's it is in a packet or... It is in a powder. It's sold just the same as lime is sold in a bag, only okay. that it doesn't alter the pH as, as, as dramatic as what the lime does. Oh, okay then. All right. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Bye-bye okay. now. Bye. Thank you very much, Margaret. Gardening talk back on two and you are David Peterson from Walls in Nurseries. And um, today's proceedings will be available on a podcast if you go to twoandurfm.com and uh, just sort of have a bit of a poke around, follow the prompt. Um, you can also send questions to us on email. Go to gardening at twoandurfm.com and um, you can also fax them to us, 49217158, during the week, and uh, Dave will have access to those and the, probably the answers to them mm, as well, I would say, so. dare say, by, uh, by, t- by next week. Okie doke. Last caller for today, David, and it's Ray from Edgeworth. Hello, Ray. David, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, look, look, thank you very much for the time this afternoon. Look, I've just got a, um, a rather large uh, Japanese maple in a pot, and it unfortunately had to be um, moved from a bit um, where it was growing happily for a number of years, and we discovered that it had actually grown through the pot and uh, into the ground. The pot subsequently um, had to be moved, and I'm wondering if at this stage, as it has no leaves on it and so forth, um, is it will 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 it survive the the move? Okay, well I'm glad you did it now because I mean if you'd said that to me once it started to get its foliage or even have foliage and you'd broken the root system, you will probably find you would have set it back very dramatically. But because it's still basically in its dormant state and you've broken off that that root system, it has time to recover. So therefore you'll probably find move it to the position that you want, treat it exactly the same as you would at this time of the year, just by feeding it up to try and promote the foliage and I think you'll probably find it will reshoot into foliage just as normal because you've done that while it's still being dormant. Right. Okay. Now that, that's terrific. Thank you very All much. Right. You're welcome. All right. Uh, do you recommend a particular fertiliser? Yes. To... Well, certainly just a slow-release fertiliser, something like a pelleted manure like the Organic Life is very, very good or even some blood and bone thrown around. It would be fine. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ray. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Ray. Well, David, a busy day for your first day back mm. from holidays. It um, just goes to show we're edging closer to spring, so yeah. 
everybody sort of getting the urge to get out well, into I the garden and, and do some stuff. Yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the garden over the last week mm. or so. And, um, yeah, things are, are starting to uh, bud up, look, yes. look really good. Cymbidiums are in flower. Yes. <laughs> Native orchids coming along. Everything's just sort of steaming away. And um, still a bit of weeding to do too. So, I know, it's the know, weeds yeah. with all the rain that you've had down here and yep. just weeds just grow so quickly. Mm. And as we heard, bindies are yeah. really, really bad wow. this year because, once again, we've had a lot of wind which is carrying the seed and yep. they've settled. And, of course, we've just had excellent conditions with the rain that we've had which produces them very, very quickly. So, uh, okay. as I said, no. you can think about that very, very soon about getting in and start yeah. spraying. No sooner got rid of the winter grass out of your lawn, you've got to start looking for bindies. <laughs> okay, David. That's gardening. Yeah, that's gardening. That's, that's why we love it. 29 minutes past one. Time for you to um, choose a winner for these goodies that you're giving away. Run through them again and okay. then tell us who the lucky right. person is. Okay, it consists of this beautiful little plant that's good for just small spots in the garden because it's only a little, small little plant, bushy little plant. It's a dianthus and it's called Unforgettable. And it's got the most beautiful pink and white flowers producing on it. As well as that, a box of the phosphogen, that's the liquid, the, sorry, the water-soluble one that you can use on anything at all in your garden, as well as a container of the sea organic, which is the complete fertiliser, which, once again, we should be starting to think about putting onto our gardens. As well as that, I've got a few sachets in that bag as well. And I thought I might give it to Jodie today. Now, Jodie rang us from Adamstown. She was setting up vegetable gardens for yes. her young children, so I thought yes. um, she could take advantage of this. So, Jodie, all you really need to do is make your way over to Walls End that's on the corner of Crowdus and Lake Road Walls. And one condition is try and get in before next Monday's program where I'll have a brand new gift to give away next Monday. Terrific. So we'll be looking forward to your company then, David. I'll be here, Phil, so I'll see you then. <laughs> and good gardening, everyone.